0: listening to Phanalysis, a sci-fi and fantasy TV podcast. In this episode, we are discussing episode 315 of The 100, Perverse Instantiation, Part 1. My name is Chris. And I'm Dawson. Dawson's back! Yay! Back at last! (laughs) So spoiler warning, in effect, we're covering everything up to Perverse Instantiation, Part 1. And how about some general reviews? What's your general review of the episode, Dawson? I give this episode a solid okay
1: with the caveat that you have to ignore the torture porn because we're back to the torture porn, which is... We
0: never left the torture porn.
1: That's true. That's true. There was always <sighs> lots of torture porn. But if you ignore the torture porn, which I've gotten really good at doing because the show just continues doing it, um, the episode was solidly okay to me. The The thing I'm struggling with is that a lot of the plot pieces are they are starting to feel kind of contrived. Um, and that's been, I mean, every show is a little bit contrived, right? You, you write plot points so that they all fit together and make a coherent story. But a lot of what's been happening doesn't feel in any way organic or authentic and feels a little unearned, you know, they're just kind of doing some things just to make the plot work, especially Mm -hmm. character things to make the plot work is never a good thing. So I'm not in love with that, but... This episode featured a lot of really wonderful classic Clark Griffin, and that made me really happy because, as everyone knows, I am a big Clark Griffin fan. Um, so all of the Clark stuff was really enjoyable. I enjoyed it a lot, especially her interactions with Rowan, who's another one of my favorites.
0: Yeah, I thought this episode was, it was fairly solid, but I am just so worn out on Clark's behalf and also on my own behalf because I, <laughs> Again, the relentless torture porn. And I said it before and I'm saying it again. It's, it's just still really hard for me to tell when an episode is objectively quote unquote good because all the other stuff kind of overshadows it in my mind. Right. The, the pervasive torture and all. Cause with all of that stuff in there, it, it makes me really not want to rewatch the episodes, which is never a good thing, right? Yeah. Especially when we have to, to do the podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Kind of unfortunate, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, that said, in this episode, the plot threads are finally coming together, which is sort of a relief because we've been like, when is this stuff going to finish coming together into one cohesive plot? And it's maybe kind of finally happening. So, you know, silver lining, I guess.
1: (laughs) Silver lining to the torture porn.
0: (laughs) (laughs) To the incredibly dark gray cloud. (laughs)
1: yes indeed
0: it's just a black cloud at this point
1: yes hanging over our heads hanging <gasps> over clark griffin's head which is even worse
0: <laughs> yeah so let's start off talking about raven and monty and jasper and and harbor yeah i'm so stoked to have raven back raven
1: being gone was hard for a lot of reasons but I really love having her back. She's, like, a really wonderful anchor. So Because right now, we don't have a lot of very likable characters. Like, even our main characters, for the most part, are not really very likable.
0: It's not even that they're not likable, it's that they're either being forced into the position of being part of the problem, or, in the case of, like, Clark Griffin, being forced to make really awful decisions.
1: Yeah, I, um... I personally, as much as I love her, have never considered Clark like a terribly likable character in the sense that Clark is a dark character. And Clark has been a dark character for a long, long time. It's true. Probably kind of somewhat since the beginning of of the show. But re- the best thing about Raven is that she's such a bright light and she's something to kind of anchor our hope in. And like you said, a lot of the characters have been swept into this thing with Allie where they're being controlled now. And so we don't find them hopeful or.
0: I see what you're saying. Yeah. And they're not,
1: they're not likable in the sense that like, there's no one to, to root for. And Raven, I think of all of the characters gives us someone to root for. So it's really good to see her again and have her back doing, doing Raven things.
0: That's fair. Yeah. It is mostly a matter of rooting against Allie at this point. Right. As much as anything. Meanwhile, jasper was chipped and vindication validation <laughs> i mentioned it in last week's episode that i wondered if he was and sally was trying to argue that it was harper and i said that doesn't make any sense it's got to be jasper <laughs> and uh the longer the week went on the more convinced i became that it was jasper so vindication
1: <laughs> well done chris well done. thank you
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> speaking of jasper i I'm forever going to talk about this in regards to season three. I really think that the, the back half of Jasper story, the second half of the season of Jasper's story would have been so much more interesting and compelling if the first half had done more with him than have him be drunken, lying on the floor and horrible to everyone all the time. Like if he'd had some development into being, being better, it would have been 3000 times more painful when he stabs Monty. And when he says, you know, I never want to hurt you, Monty. Like we would have believed that, and it fell to me, at least. It fell really flat because he's been awful to Monty for the majority of the season. So,
0: yeah, but if he'd been in a better place earlier in the season, would he have taken the chip? I think there's
1: still an argument for because I don't. I don't think he had to be like hopeful, happy, chipper. I think he could have still been in despair and struggling, and I mean, he, you know, he went through it, they've all gone through traumas, but he went through a trauma and, and didn't deal with it terribly well, I think it's, it would have been easy for him to take the chip, either as like a, you know, a, a backslide back into his despair that he'd come out of a little bit, or... That's
0: right. I mean, he did just lose Shay right after that, right before right. taking could the Key, have, so maybe that yeah. could have been could a... Could
1: have dropped him right back into that, been, been a sort of terrible trigger. Yeah. Bit. You know, flashed him back to his to his PTSD, and I I just think I don't know. I think there was so much opportunity with Jasper's story, and I they didn't really seize on it, which which bummed me out a little.
0: And then I guess the only other thing regarding them that I really wanted to talk about was well, we didn't talk about the fact that Monty got stabbed. Monty did get stabbed. <laughs> which <sighs> poor Monty. Monty cannot get a break. a break. Yeah. <laughs> But speaking of that, you know, what's going to happen with Harper?
1: A very good question. She's in some serious danger right now. I feel like half of the show is just waiting for terrible things to happen to, like, the people someone cares about.
0: It's true. This season especially.
1: Yeah. It's all very hopeless right now. I was hoping for the, you know, we talked about, like, waiting to see if there would be a return to the hopefulness of the show.
0: Not yet. (laughs)
1: Doesn't seem like we're going there.
0: <laughs> Maybe next
1: episode? Fingers Maybe crossed. Next. Maybe next episode.
0: Then we've got Pike and Murphy and Indra who came to the rescue, which was kind of neat. Again, with, with plot lines converging, finally. Yeah,
1: bringing everybody together with their their people.
0: Yep, they came and saved Adventure Squad.
1: Adventure Squad. What a good title. <laughs>
0: I saw them using it on Twitter, and I was like, I'm just going to call them that. It's just easier. It's a good one. I like it. Um, Yeah. I
1: like you, Chris, I think. Everyone's always excited to see Indra and Octavia reunited. Of course. So good to see them back together and to see Indra stepping into her role as Octavia's mentor again. That's really nice.
0: Especially now, right? Poor Octavia's been through the ringer, too.
1: Oh, man. Oh, man.
0: And that scene of, of Octavia telling Indra that Pike murdered Lincoln, and the look on Indra's face. Oh, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> but um. vengeance! <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. I look forward to the day when Octavia just kills the heck out of Pike. That's what I'm waiting for. I just, I just want that... In the episode where they were flashing back to Pike on the ark teaching teaching the delinquents or survival skills, they were clearly trying to make Pike more relatable or more understandable as a character, and I mm-hmm. don't feel like that worked very well cuz when you Thank you. <laughs> when you hit kids you're teaching, it makes it hard to like you no matter your reasons. So it's weird to me, like a part of me was like, well, maybe they they weren't trying to make him more likable. Maybe they were demonstrating that he's always been a really messed up dude. But it's clear from this episode that that's not the case now that they've teamed him up with some of our favorites and, you know, they quote unquote need him. It's just, it's a weird, the whole thing feels rather uncomfortable. This is among the things that felt very contrived to me. Mm -hmm that they were trying really hard in that one episode to make him likable and kind of failing a lot at it
0: (laughs) it's like i'm not sure they were aiming for likable but i think they were really aiming for perspective but even that just doesn't work for me
1: no i i agree personally i think pike's been kind of poorly handled as a character from kind of day one so Mm -hmm. it's strange
0: i felt like they were maybe doing kind of okay in his first episode (laughs) Or maybe just like the first couple of scenes of his appearance, but.
1: I felt like he felt ominous in the first, he felt ominous in the way that the mountain men felt ominous when we first encountered them. Mm-hmm. And I kind of felt like they were going to take him that kind of direction. But if that was their intention, they they didn't succeed.
0: <laughs> right. I'm not saying they followed up well, but I feel yeah. like at least as they introduced him, it's kind of like, okay, I kind of see this guy's deal. Sure, yeah. But then it's yeah. just kind of like, mm, I don't know how they're... It, it felt too much like they were trying to have it both ways after that, or something.
1: Totally agree, yeah. Kind of trying to have their cake and eat it, too. Like, to have him do horrible things and be relatable. right? Which, again, like they did with the Mountain Men, they did fairly well, but at the end of the day, the Mountain Men were not redeemed. At the end of the day, the Mountain Men were people doing terrible things. And, I don't know. Like you. It, it started out well, but kind of went off the rails at some point, And I don't think they've ever quite gotten him back on track.
0: But we do think that'll get get his comeuppance by the end of the season, right? Right? I sure hope so.
1: <laughs> I sure hope so. And if it's not at the hands of Octavia, I'm going to be disappointed. <laughs> or Indra. I would take Indra. I yeah. prefer Octavia. But Indra would also be acceptable.
0: It's one of those things, I f- I'd believe it more if it's Indra, because it might be a particularly dark route to go with Octavia. I'm not saying they won't go there, and perhaps go there for that reason, but...
1: That's true. We'll Octavia see. Octavia has always been the moral heart of the show. She tries to keep her eyes on what is right, and and to do what is right and good. Mm-hmm. So that's true, it might be a bit dark for her.
0: More of a character who only kills people if somebody else's life, her life or somebody else's life, is in imminent danger. She's not a quote-unquote murderer. Yeah. I hear you. But but we'll see. It would certainly be a dark place to take her. (laughs) (laughs) Which is why I wouldn't be surprised if they do it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it wouldn't be shocking. Speaking of dark places... Was anyone else weirdly uncomfortable with Bellamy's I told you we're not doing it that way comment to Pike when Pike shoots the grounder guys literally in almost a mirror image scene of the scene where they killed grounders needlessly there not that long ago?
0: I don't know. I I struggle a bit with Bellamy this episode just because because of what Bellamy has done this season it seems really weird, but at the same time, it's like, well, Clark is back. <laughs> and maybe his his moral compass has reset itself to align <laughs> more with Clark's again. True. I don't know. I
1: guess it was surprising to me, him arguing for not hurting these people when not that long ago, he was, like, just killing everyone. And, like, just at the beginning of the episode, he shoots Rowan uh, completely unnecessarily. I don't know why he needed to shoot him.
0: (laughs) Right. Could you not, like, take out a knife and just poke him a little?
1: (laughs) Right. There are lots of ways... You're just checking for pain response. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Exactly. Like, it was very strange to go from that, literally, at the beginning of the episode, to, we're not going to hurt these people. They're being mind-controlled. Like, that was very... I don't know. Bellamy's character feels wholly inconsistent to me.
0: I was having this discussion with my friends, and... The only thing I was able to offer up is, well, these people that they're potentially going to harm, are their people, too? That's true. Like, the Sky Crew is mixed in with the Grounders now, so... That's
1: a fair point, I suppose.
0: But yeah, it's still... Just no, Bellamy. (laughs) Anyway. In any event, here's hoping Bellamy's moral compass returns with Clark. That's that's
1: Clark being the moral compass for Bellamy. It's fair. I'd be down with that if Clark's
0: return kind of turns him around. Here's hoping. So you mentioned Rowan. Let's talk about Rowan some more. Apparently he's been tracking Clark this whole time, but uh, hasn't caught up to her until now. Or maybe it's just that she's finally away from her people now, and that's why he approaches. I mean, I don't know. What was he doing while they were on the oil rig? (laughs)
1: Maybe he had maybe that's why it took him so long because they like left and went to the oil rig and came back and he couldn't find them because of that. Maybe. Just a, I'm just guessing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it vaguely odd but maybe he was keeping an eye on the guy who was keeping an eye on Clark. I mean, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe
1: he had to like return to the Ice Nation to take care of some business before he went off. So, like maybe he hasn't been searching for her this whole time. <laughs> I suppose that would be strange, considering it's like desperately important they get the flames. So that I was going to say, doesn't.
0: how would you track somebody that way? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Might be slightly right, difficult. Fine, probably wasn't that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always going to try to find good excuses for my boy Ron, who is one of my faves. <laughs> but yeah, I agree. It is a bit odd that he, that he's just now catching up to her. But she did go on an oil rig and like disappear, like disappeared. You know, Luna's people are all like secretive and they're in hiding. So right. Maybe Clark was hidden under the cloak of Luna's people in hiding.
0: Maybe just stayed at the edge of the woods and watched them get taken away and brought back. <laughs> I mean, who knows? Now we're just imagining him,
1: like, sitting by a fire, like, whittling, waiting for Clark to come <laughs> back.
0: <laughs> Pulling out his iPad. <laughs> That's a joke. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, speaking of of Rowan, I know you love Rowan and Clark, playing well, off of each other. They're like
1: my favorite thing as the the phrase I used last time, the sassy political back and forth. Like they <laughs> are two peas in a pod and just the the dialogue they write for the pair of them is spectacular. I love that scene where he's saying I'll need the flame and he and Clark kind of go back and forth really vehemently about him taking the flame and, and you know he has reasons he has to have it and she has reasons why she's not laying it out of her sight and like ugh, it's just so good I love watching them it brings out my favorite parts of Clark and also I just really enjoy Rowan as a character
0: the strategic maneuvering
1: yeah they're of all the relationships in the show to me that one is most reminiscent of Clark and Lexa Right. Which was definitely can see my that. favorite. Yeah, that, that, the maneuverings, right? And the layers and the, the politics and, and all of that. Just, it's my favorite part of the show. Anything else about Rowan? He has really good hair. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't have anything else about Rowan. That's fair. That was it.
0: Okay, so I want to talk about Kane for a second. Because poor Kane poor pacifist Kane got turned into a gun-wielding Terminator type by Allie in this episode. <sighs> not cool, Allie. Not that it's surprising.
1: It's not surprising. I'm just going to sigh really heavily about that. <laughs> I Seeing Kane as the Terminator guy helped bring something into focus for me about one of the things that's made this season kind of just okay to, like, it's a bit shrug worthy is that our best characters are brainwashed. So you just, you lose those characters. Like you just don't have them anymore. You know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah. it makes it hard. As I said before, there's not really a lot of people to root for. There's Clark, but Bellamy's done some fairly irredeemable things and he doesn't really feel redeemed to me. Pike is kind of horrible. Indra's great. I guess we could root for Indra, but we don't see a lot of her. Octavia's in mourning and struggling and like going through this thing. So she doesn't especially, feel especially heroic at the moment to me. I don't know. The, I just, would
0: I would agree with that. Like she's not heroic, but you're still rooting for her. I, right. I think that's a yeah. th- fair thing to say because you want her to get her justice and everything, even though there was that so hard to scene watch of her beating up Bellamy. Yeah, which I still have mixed feelings about. Also, but I just
1: write off all of the, all of the brutal stuff, <laughs> the the torture porn pieces that falls right in the, in line with the torture porn to me.
0: It does, which is why I'm so deeply uncomfortable with it. Yeah, but I I there's
1: just there's a real struggle this season for, for hope. I know I've said it before. I'll keep saying it. The the show lacks hope, and a part of that is some of our most hopeful characters are have just been wiped away. And that's really, that's been hard for me to, there's, it feels like there's no footing to stand on story-wise. And that's, that's really rough.
0: I came up with a bit of a theory about this. We'll talk about it at the end of the episode.
1: Brilliant. I love theories. <laughs> okay. All of that is to say, I'm sad to see Kane being like this. And so many of our, so many of our characters. Right. You know, the same with Abby and all that.
0: Oh, we'll get to the Abby situation. <laughs> but yeah, the thing I liked about Kane's appearance is that Indra was so protective of him. I know. It was great. <laughs> because she, I mean, she kicks him in the face. She says she's sorry. <laughs> she does. I was like, Oh, Indra. <laughs> she cares. I love it. But yeah, I mean, I- it's, it's so in line with Indra's what we know of Indra's character that we saw her at the beginning of the season and she and Kane are like best buds now and it's great
1: it really is
0: and so like now Kane is one of her people and so i don't know if you noticed she she shielded his body with her own when there was the one little explosion there oh yeah yeah like even before the the big bomb went off at the end there that she i'm hoping did not actually sacrifice herself but you know yeah, hopefully not. She, she leapt from a relatively safe position to get him to a relatively safe position, so I'm worried about them. Uh, until we know otherwise, I'm pretending they're fine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Good call.
0: <laughs> season three, the season of
1: denial. <laughs> that seems appropriate. We should refer to it that way from now on. <laughs> I agree. I actually, I don't think you know i don't think they're going to be wrecked in the explosion i think next episode they're going to have some problems <laughs> cuz kane is still brainwashed and indra is now stuck with him
0: <laughs> she can handle him it's fine. oh yeah. <laughs> i mean she did kick him in the face so <laughs> she'll just do it again if she has to <laughs> yep
1: yeah it is it is great to see her protective of him and and to see the dynamic of that of that relationship i think there was one episode where you referred to them as, as bonding over being tough but fair. And <laughs> that felt like Indra through and through this episode, which is really nice.
0: Yeah. They can be surrogate parents to Octavia. It'll be great. <laughs> now
1: I'm sad again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Moving on from depressing Octavia thoughts.
0: To depressing Clark and Allie. Clark oh. versus Allie. Stupid Allie i hate Ally. <laughs> me too i was gonna say if you didn't by now which everybody does i'm sure by now but you know the torture continues yeah. i literally have written in the notes deep sigh <laughs> i noticed you and i sigh more in in these recordings than in any other recordings for podcasts i have ever done <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's not surprising at all i know um, the show requires some deep sighs, for sure. And a lot of it is, you know, it's it's the ongoing torture porn issues. The, the shock value nonsense, as you called it once.
0: <laughs> I did call it that. I will call it that again. <laughs> yeah. What's weird to me, by the way, is that
1: they didn't actually have to torture, like, have Abby physically torture Clark. Because ju- they could have just had the line where Abby says... Her friends are her weakness. And that would have been horrible. Right? (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. the well, that was what was weird to me is there was absolute absolutely no need for the physical torture part. That didn't seem necessary to me. And in fact, the other part seemed a thousand times worse. So like, why why the physical torture?
0: Because it's again, the insult to injury kind of thing, right? Or or injury to insult, perhaps in this case. But uh, but that line does I think start off with Abby saying to Allie, you know, I told you this wouldn't work or something like that or I told you her friends are her weakness. So uh, I don't think it's necessary really, but I do feel like they mostly did it as a setup for that part. They were they were building up to it. And I did cringe pretty hard when they were doing the part with the scalpel. Damn them.
1: That's my deep sigh for this (laughs) piece of storyline. I just, I'm just, uh, we've said this before, right? Many episodes ago, they like crossed over the line into the amount of torture and pain and death that I want to see on a show. Like they've well passed that meter for me. And so every time it happens, I just sigh heavily and wait for it to be over and for the story to carry on.
0: Yeah. I mean, using Abby against Clark, too, like, that's, it's so cruel. The entire thing is so cruel. It's cruel to Clark, and I feel like it's cruel to the audience. Yeah, I agree. Which, again, I have theories about, but we'll get there.
1: Yeah, I agree, I agree. Uh, interestingly, I I think the biggest thing for me was just, the, like, the physical torture of Clark, you know, kind of stabbing her with scalpels. It just didn't seem necessary. Like, they could have just done Her Friends or Her Weakness, and then Abby hanging herself right like those two things would have been enough it to me at least it's just one more indicator of like why why are we (laughs) taking this to such deep extremes
0: but why are we doing that with threatening our friends and abby hanging herself you know what i mean like they've already crossed the line so why not this other thing too i guess
1: i suppose that's true
0: you know all of it is awful
1: i suppose that's true It just, I don't know. Three is my magic
0: number, I guess. Like, two Mm. terrible
1: things I can deal with, three is too many. (laughs) Anyway, it's all too much.
0: Yeah. Regardless. I did find it interesting. Interesting might not be the best word, but it's the one I'm going with right now. That Clark would have sacrificed her mother. Oh, yeah. It's one of those things, like, I don't find it surprising, necessarily, not because of any you know, not because of the relationship between Clark and Abby, because obviously Clark loves Abby as much as they have their differences, but in terms of Clark and making the tough decisions, like this isn't surprising to me
1: no, it was a it was quite a good to me at least that moment was one of one among several very pure Clark Griffin. Moments it, that is exactly who she is, and it was an affirmation of that, and also and also horrific to watch, right? It, the, I really enjoyed the exposure of the things about Clark Griffin that are kind of horrific, right? She would sacrifice her mother to save all of those people.
0: Mm-hmm. It was it was a great moment for Eliza Taylor. <laughs> yeah, and Eliza Taylor does that so well, right? right. <laughs> like, like this <laughs> is breaking my heart, so but well. I'm going to do it. <laughs> yes,
1: yeah that the steely determination. And, and what's weird is, you know, she does the steely determination underneath genuinely breaking and falling apart. You know, it's, it's a, it's a really beautiful piece of acting. She's done mm-hmm. it several times, right? This is at very right. much at the core of, of Clark's character.
0: It is Clark Griffin's deal.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's kind of amazing. I'm, I'm particularly fascinated to see, to see how things go. Clark, Clark in desperation is very dangerous, right? Desperate Clark will do horrible things as as witnessed by this sort of willingness to sacrifice her mother and i'm really interested to see what she's gonna do yep. to stop ali now that Antari is not of use to them
0: and they're trapped the other bit of that that i thought was really interesting was that Allie seemed so certain that clark was going to break
1: hmm. yeah
0: but why it's like does ali just not have a good sense of clark Clearly not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Apparently she doesn't. Which I'm trying to think of like who Allie has chipped, who would have a good sense of Clark.
0: That's Abby, a good point.
1: Abby as her mother would assume that Clark would save her. Right.
0: Probably.
1: But I don't think Allie has chipped anybody who, who would be able to give her a good sense of, of who Clark is Raven. Maybe.
0: Well, cause what's interesting is the, the situation with the mountain, Really, Clark did that because her mother was in danger, as much as anything. That's true. But I think now there's a real sense of it's Abby versus the world, right? If Clark gives in for the sake of her mother, everything else is lost. So... Yeah. And I think
1: Clark has changed. I think she's changed and grown and become more severe and more determined And more desperate. And more dangerous.
0: Quite possible. But yeah, this scene also made me think of sort of Clark in comparison to Raven, right? Because these are the two people who have most successfully resisted Allie.
1: That's true. I hadn't thought about it that way.
0: I also keep thinking about the fact that apparently Raven is literally the only person who has managed to essentially disobey Allie while being chipped. Yeah. So basically, Raven and Clark are the two most stubborn people on the face of the planet. (laughs) Is basically what I'm saying.
1: Which explains why when they fight, man, they fight. Remember last season (laughs) after Clark killed Finn?
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: And it was, like, never going to end and took some serious, like, outside (laughs) intervention experiences to make things okay between them. But yes, Raven and Clark are two of the most powerful characters on the show. They're, they're strong and stubborn and smart and savvy. It's interesting to think about where those... See, now you got me thinking about this. I hadn't even looked at it that way. And now you got me thinking about it. It's interesting to think about where their stubbornness comes from. Clark's comes from desperation. She feels like she has to save the world. You're driven to fix everything for everyone, right? That's what Lexa says about her. And so she's the sort of driven by desperation and by the need to fix it. And Raven is really driven by fight and by will. She's, a, she's more of a sort of aggressive personality. That's not really the word I'm looking for. But I don't know. It's just interesting to think where those things come from for them. They come from different places, but manifest in this really powerful way.
0: Maybe season four can be Clark and Raven team up and save the world or rule the world or something. I don't know.
1: That'd be awesome. All the princess mechanic fans out there would be down with that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we left the episode with quite the quite the top of the roller coaster cliffhanger moment where Antari is dead. And That's true. We
0: didn't even talk about Antari getting. Well, I was going to say killed, but she wasn't killed. She's she's brain dead. Brain dead. She's dead. She's brain dead. <laughs> Well, um, but the, her body is still alive, so it's like, is that going to come into play, is something I'm wondering?
1: I don't know. Maybe. Because
0: <laughs> <laughs> nightblood. Like, Indeed. she still has
1: nightblood, so... She does. it would be interesting to see where that goes. They're, so, Antari is brain-dead. They're trapped at the top of the Decalexa Tower. Jaha has been knocked unconscious. Abby... Almost died.
0: <laughs> and I here- think Jaha got shot though. So, oh, did he get shot? He got shot. Yeah.
1: Oh. Bellamy I shot him. That bit. There were too many things going on. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> so we're sort of left with this again, sort of top of the roller coaster moment, where what's going to happen next is the big, the big question.
0: And there's only one episode left, so.
1: Yeah, they're going to have to wrap it up fast.
0: <laughs> Yep. Oh, it's stressful.
1: It is. I thought it was a it was a solid ending, though. I as as contrived as some things felt to get them to where they are. The ending felt really great in the sense that, like, that is the kind of ending you should have right before a season finale, right? You're, right. Everything is in pieces. What are they going to do? You know. Dun dun dun. And, and they're
0: then, trapped in the throne room now because they blew up the elevator. And- <laughs> right yeah oh dear i'm I'm gonna complain for a second
1: <laughs> okay. about
0: all of the injuries that were sustained in this episode and like including a fair number of gunshots to the gut or whatever and most of those injuries were not fatal and yes this is me being bitter still about lexa <laughs> <laughs> pike gets shot in the gut not dissimilarly, and then he's, like, working the crank for the elevator after that. <laughs> like, not only is he fine, he's fine and also still managing to move around and help. Bitter. I'm bitter. <laughs> I can totally understand that. I,
1: well, you know, <laughs> they decide who dies and when. <laughs> I know, but, but come on. <laughs> Agreed because pike gets shot them in different places like shoot him in the arm or the
0: i don't know somewhere else (laughs) i just come on (laughs) yeah because there's that and there was chipped jasper even brought up the fact that he got speared through the chest and is (laughs) fine you know what i mean like not as um, lucky as me (laughs) monty gets stabbed with a screwdriver in the gut also still okay apparently Again, I'm not complaining, necessarily, that these people are fine. I'm happy that Monty seems to be okay. But but why are they okay when other people aren't necessarily?
1: <laughs> Agreed.
0: <laughs> Brian got shot, I think, in the leg.
1: Oh yeah, Brian did get shot. That's true.
0: Rowan gets shot in the arm. For the record,
1: Brian or Miller or both are going to die
0: probably yeah
1: they had a nice conversation about their future now they're gonna die this is what corn happens. and chickens
0: They're yeah you're right
1: <laughs> it will happen it just hasn't happened yet
0: although in the moment i'm like this is mostly just to make octavia feel bad isn't it
1: <laughs> well yeah that too that too but you don't escape unscathed when you talk about your future like that don't ever talk about your future like that if you're on a tv show you're gonna
0: generally die. true yeah <laughs>
1: I will say, speaking of me cracking jokes about (laughs) TV shows, (laughs) it was really nice to have Wisecracking Murphy back, which lightened things up a lot. And I feel like that says something when your show is lightened up by the presence of Murphy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, this is kind of, first season aside, I I feel like this is kind of a thing that Murphy does, especially since maybe mid-season two. He does. He's the Wisecracker. And he's also a
1: truth speaker. Which helps a lot, I think, with with shows like this where a lot of your characters have very mixed motives about things or very murky motives about the things they do. Murphy is very, very frank. Also, nothing has ever made me laugh harder than when he goes, Clark's always in trouble.
0: <laughs> I mean, truer words, right? Right? Exactly. Poor Clark.
1: <sighs> it was nice to see a touch of Murphy's emotions about Amori, by the way. Side note Yes. Murphy note.
0: I like that a lot, that once again, Murphy has to sort of make that decision. Is he going to continue to be all about himself and keeping himself alive, or is he actually going to contribute to the group for the survival of humanity? Big questions. I guess Murphy's part of humanity, so this is, in some sense, (laughs) self-serving. He is just trying to survive, don't forget. How can you forget?
1: (laughs) Anyway, it's good to have Murphy back. I like him.
0: Okay, are we ready for my my big revelation-type thing? <laughs>
1: yes. Speak okay. us all the truths, Chris.
0: <laughs> so this is something that occurred to me earlier this week, and it feels like maybe I've heard somebody say this before. I, I honestly can't remember anymore. <laughs> so bogged down with torture have I been <laughs> that I've completely <laughs> forgotten. But I had this sort of moment of clarity earlier this week where I'm kind of like, I wonder if the reason everything has been so dark for the past seven, eight episodes has been because they want us all to want the City of Light. Because there is no pain and no death in the City of Light. It's true. Which is all the past several episodes have been. Yeah. We were talking about all of our main characters having lost someone they love. That fits into this too right because the whole thing is if you're in the city of light you can't die there is that pain that will go away
1: it's true i mean i yeah i think that's a lot of it the the desire to get your audience to sympathize with the people who would want to seek the city of light
0: because i mean i think there's a strong indication i'm trying to not give any spoilers here but i feel like there's a strong indication that the story will take us to the city of light soon right
1: yeah I mean absolutely
0: <laughs> now that I mean they've literally like run out of options of places to actually go. They yeah. are trapped in the throne room. There's sort of only one battleground left at this point.
1: yes, there's only one one final place for them to to go to there's there's no other way. so I think it it will have to take us there and they've they've cornered them in such a way that leads us directly to to the city of light.
0: But that's what I'm thinking is like, maybe this is all a matter of making the City of Light tempting in a way it wouldn't necessarily be without all of this just disgusting crap in the real world, quote unquote, real world happening.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think Jasper gives us hints of that in his speech where he talks about that in his mind, the Earth is not survivable. Mm-hmm. right? And that's that's something I've, I've speculated before. That what if they end the world? What if they carry on the story in the city of light? That would change everything.
0: It's true. I kind of don't think they're necessarily going to go that way though. Oh, I don't, I don't know.
1: I'm not predicting that that's what will happen. Right. That's sort of one avenue of, of what we're looking at here. I personally, I think Clark's going to end up in city of light because she's going to take the flame because she has to find the kill code for Allie. And so she's going to. Take the flame, and then she's going to die, and she's going to end up in the City of Light. That's what I think.
0: Hmm. I don't know if
1: it'll actually happen, but that's my guess right now. Clark, Desperate Clark, is dangerous, and she has said, we don't have any other choice, right? She was going to put the flame in on Tari, of all people. We don't have any other choice.
0: Which, ironically, like, I didn't even think of as an alternate possibility. (laughs) Like Last week or the week before. Yeah. It's like well, Luna's our only option. Of course, that's right. kind of what Clark has been saying too. So
1: it's true. And so now the question is, right. If she takes the chip, will she be able to get the kill code and get that information to those people before she dies? Will she die? Will she end up in the city of light? What will that mean? We don't know. But I'm like that stuff is what's compelling to me, right? That what happens to Clark Griffin when she doesn't have any other choice?
0: Well, oh, but see, this is something I think Sally brought it up last week. That since they have Antari there, who still has a beating heart and night blood, do we think there will be some sort of transfusion situation happening? I don't know how they'll manage to pull that off. But the thing is, I know people have talked about the night blood as blood because they call it
1: night blood, but the night blood isn't about the black blood. The Nightblood is a gene therapy, which genetically changes people. So if they do that and it's successful, that would be really super weird scientifically.
0: <laughs> now, apparently, is a sci-fi show, there have so. been other scientific things on this show that were not accurate. Sure. So exactly, that's the, like it is
1: a sci-fi show, so they could just do things that don't make scientific sense.
0: I know I've read before that the transfusion science of season two was completely wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: So it's it's certainly possible. I'm not
0: ruling it out, but
1: it would certainly be very scientifically strange.
0: hmm Anyway, but yeah, I was just thinking about that in terms of making the audience also sort of be with the characters in that situation of preferring the City of Light. Sure. To reality, sure. just because the, the audience has been tortured for several episodes now, so. Yeah. I could see it. Yeah. And then also just sort of because i was i was discussing this with my friends the other day and I'm like what would be the purpose of that and i'm like i think they're just trying to make it hurt more when they have to decide to not be in the city of light yes but we'll see we'll see
1: we'll see what happens i am keeping my fingers crossed for the return of hope in humanity <laughs> i don't i don't i don't think it's going to happen but i'm hopeful <laughs> because i'm always hopeful
0: The irony of hoping for the return of hope. Indeed. Uh, One more episode, and we'll know. (laughs) And then we'll be free.
1: (laughs) Indeed. Indeed.
0: (laughs) If you have thoughts about this episode that you'd like to send to us, there are a number of ways in which you can do that. You can send us an email at feedback at askgenretv.com. You can record a voice memo on your smartphone and email it to us. You can call our listener voicemail line at 972-514-7223. You can contact us on Twitter at AskGenreTV. Phinalysis is part of the Ask Genre TV family of podcasts. We have other podcasts for shows like Killjoys and Lost Girl and Orphan Black, and other episodes of Phinalysis about Winona Earp. You can find all of those at AskGenreTV.com. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Chris. And I'm Dawson. Thanks for listening.